0: I'm Hannah Coles, and you are listening to Love at Home, episode number 25, Fact versus Fiction. You are listening to Love at Home, a podcast to get weekly inspiration, motivation, and tools that will help you to overcome life's challenges and learn how to become your very best selves. Here's your host, LDS Life Coach, Hannah Coles. Hello, my podcast friends. Welcome, welcome. I'm so happy you're here with me for another week of the Love at Home podcast. So, right now it's just two days after Christmas and it has been an amazingly full week. I hope you had. A wonderful Christmas. I hope everything was exciting and just happy and so we've had the opportunity to get together with a lot of people and visit and talk with a ton of people and to get to participate in holiday traditions that were created long before I was even born that are still going strong. So it was just fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It was Interesting and and fascinating as we went to different homes and visited with different people, how they chose to tell me about their lives, how they spoke about their family, their Christmas traditions, you know, what they used to be and what they are now. And they all spoke to me as if they were just sharing the facts, you know, what's going on in their lives. They were recounting details and filling me in on crucial content so that I can understand their perspective and see from their point of view. But all I heard was a story, story after story from each person I spoke with. And I told stories myself. You know, we all do. We as humans are masterful storytellers. My kids are amazing master storytellers. And I'm sure that's not a title that many of you would claim or even recognize in yourselves, but I promise you, you are a master storyteller, even if you're not aware of it yet. We see the world through our lens of understanding. We understand things by creating content around these circumstances. We create stories to communicate, to understand, to navigate our world. And why is this important? Because what I want to talk to you about today is one of the basic core tools that I teach my clients from session one. Actually, from the first mini session, really, this is one of the first things that I I teach. And by the way, if you haven't taking advantage of my mini sessions. You are missing out, my friends. It won't always be available. So jump on that opportunity while you can. Just go to my website, thecatalystcoaching.com and go under free coaching and sign up. It's amazing. Okay, back to stories. (laughs) What I teach my clients and now I'm teaching you is this concept of fact versus fiction. As master storytellers, we tend to get these two mixed up and morphed together quite a bit and it creates all kinds of problems for us. So let me give you an example. This past week, we had a ton of activities and events that we had planned to go to. We had about five days of busy but fun activities, and we were part excited, part bracing ourselves because it was a lot, just back to back, you know, like that. And each place we went to, we needed to bring things, we needed you know, food to contribute to share, gifts to have wrapped, music to bring to participate in, parts of programs that we were a part of, and all four kids, all dressed and looking presentable. And we were doing spectacularly well, up until day four (laughs) day four we needed to bring three different kinds of goodies as part of the program that I was put in charge of but when we went to the kitchen to make the goodies we were out of just about everything seriously we didn't have more than a cup of sugar we didn't have red sprinkles to make the santa cookies that I always make We didn't have the Rice Krispies to make the traditional date cookies that we make every single year since I was a little girl. My daughter started to feel sick. The house was looking disheveled. Christmas was the next day. And in my mind, I had this non-stop circulating list of making sure everything was checked off and that I wasn't forgetting anything. And and as I'm standing in my kitchen, trying to rack my brain of what else I can bring besides the goodies that I had planned on bringing that we now didn't have ingredients for, my family is cheerfully, unknowingly sitting in the other room eating lunch. And I'm standing there starting to feel overwhelmed and frazzled and at that moment annoyed that they were all like oblivious to this dire state that we were in. How could they all just stop and take a break? There's no time for eating. (laughs) We had stuff to do and like very little time to do it in. I could feel all these feelings rising up and not wanting to react to resist or to avoid them and if you don't know what i'm talking about go back and catch the episode called feelings and the four because what we want to do is we want to allow them so i excused myself from the kitchen i took a break to sit alone for a minute all of these things i was telling myself as if they were factual and if i was talking to a friend they would totally back me up and agree with me but really how much of What I was allowing to spin was fact, and how much of it was fiction. Pure thoughts that I'm creating that don't really need to be there. Did I need to bring goodies? No. Was it mandatory? No. Would it be great if I did have them? Sure. But necessary? Absolutely not. Were we out of everything? No. (laughs) Would the world end if I didn't make the traditional cookies? No. Which, by the way, I didn't, and no one noticed, asked, or cared. Did I need to bring any music at all? Any, anything, the program even? No, my family would be happy that we were there. Even without a program, we'd still be fine. Even without extra treats, even without extra bows in the girl's hair, even without matching attire, even if we didn't go at all, we would still be fine. The facts are that I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to bring anything. I didn't have to do anything. The house was just fine as it was. There was plenty of time to eat lunch, which I probably would've felt better had I stopped and eaten with them. But everything that I was telling myself was a story, everything. I was spinning this wildly convincing story of how things needed to be just so for it to be what? And do we ever answer that? I know we get ourselves, I'm not the only one that gets in this position where we tell ourselves a story and we start to feel overwhelmed and frazzled and annoyed that people aren't seeing the severity of the story, but, but for what? We need things to be just so for it to be perfect, for it to be good, for it to be worthy. What is it? For us to be able to feel good, for us to be able to feel proud, happy... I wasn't answering that for myself, and I didn't even know at the time. I just was feeling overwhelmed because of the story that I was allowing to spin in my head and convincing myself that it was true. So I sat there, and I allowed myself to feel everything that I had created with that story. I felt the overwhelm. The weight and pressure that I had created for myself. I felt annoyed and irritated. I felt scarcity and anxiety. And then I just let them go. I let them go by choosing not to think them anymore. For exposing them for what they were. Just thoughts. Just fictional thoughts. Once I unraveled what was really going on in my mind and seeing things for what they were, just fiction, a convincing story, and deciding that I didn't like how this story was unraveling and how this story felt in my body, I, as the author and creator, could change all of that. I separated fact from fiction and started there. What was true? Well, that I didn't have to do anything. We were invited to a get-together, we were invited to bring food to contribute, not demanded, not required as admission, we were invited. We were invited to share our musical talents, not required, not demanded, not forced, invited. I always love the quote by President Dallin H. Oaks where he says, we should begin by recognizing the reality that just because something is good is not a sufficient reason for doing it. The number of good things we can do far exceeds the time available to accomplish them. Some things are better than good. These are the things that should command priority attention in our lives. Sometimes we get these, a lot of times actually, we get these things mixed up. And because it's good, we want to do it. Would it have been good to bring extra treats and goodies to go with the program? Sure. It would have been good and fun and probably forgotten by the next day. Would it have been better to stop rushing and enjoy the moment with my family? Absolutely. Would it be good to have everyone looking dapper and adorable and matching and all kinds of cuteness? For sure. Totally fun. And I'd probably be the only one to notice her care. Would it be better to drop those expectations that were creating stress and pressure? For sure. Absolutely. There are so many good things that we can do and want to do, but we need to be clear and careful to separate out the facts from the fictional stories that we want to tell ourselves. Our minds are really amazing and can whip up a very convincing story that we believe and act upon most of the time, not even questioning the validity of the details. We have to be really good at deciphering what's factual from the wild stories we're just telling ourselves. We do this not only with the to-do lists and the things that happen in our day, but with relationships and events. We do this when We get together with family and friends. We want to make things make sense. And so we start to fill in the blanks with our interpretations and stories. And we get ourselves into all kinds of trouble when we do this because a lot of time the stories aren't serving us. Think about your week. Some encounter you had with someone. Think about the story you told yourself about that person or about that event. What was the story that you decided to spin? What was the story about that conversation you had about the look that they gave you? I'm sure I've shared this story before, but I remember this one time that I was singing a solo in church, and there was this one lady that was just staring at me. I interpreted her look to be abnormal, and I thought that she looked kind of mean and callous, and she was kind of scowling. So to make sense of things in my mind, it concocted this wild story about how she must not like my voice, maybe she doesn't like me, maybe I did said something to offend her once and now she was looking at me projecting that. You know, once you give your mind a directive, like in this case, the directive was, she's looking at me weird. Why is she looking at me weird? Then it goes to work looking for all kinds of evidence to prove that story true even if it has to make stuff up to do so. It wants to give you what you want so be careful the directives that you give yourself. It's in these moments that you have to pause even for a split second to interrupt the stories and separate out what's fact and what's fiction. What is factual? In this particular case, what was factual was that I was singing and she was looking at me. Anything else was just fictional. It was just a story that I was telling myself. Scowling is an opinion. Weird is an opinion. I didn't know what her expression meant. The only facts were that I was singing and that she was looking at me. And other facts, there were a lot of people looking at me. I was singing a solo. I was up front. But how quickly our minds look for what it interprets as abnormal, weird, potentially dangerous. It can't decipher between the harmless, someone is looking at me and not smiling. Maybe they've tuned out and are lost in thought with wait, there's a tiger out to get us, we might die. It really is that extreme and it can't decipher between the two. Our minds are always on the lookout for potential threats and to the primitive part of our brain, it deems just about everything as a threat. And this is where you have to use your prefrontal cortex to make those higher decisions to think, those analytical thoughts and decide whether it's fact and yes, this needs attention or no, I'm not in danger, this is purely fictional. Be careful how you talk to yourself and others after events, church, parties, family gatherings, anything. You're going to want to reflect and interpret behaviors, conversations, everything. You're going to want to make sense of the things that you encountered and you're going to create a story by filling in the blanks, but you'll also want to be very clear about what's factual and what's just thoughts. And you want to make sure to always ask yourself if the thoughts are going to serve you or not. Brooke Castillo once said, you get to decide how you want to interpret everything in your life, and you might as well interpret it in a way that serves you. After Christmas dinner, you're reflecting on the evening, and you remember that comment your sister-in-law made about you, and you start questioning her motives. Why did she say that? What did she mean by that? And you start creating a story. Notice what are the facts and what you're just filling in, and notice how those fill-in thoughts make you feel. Then... Notice what actions come next. We are master storytellers. We tell ourselves stories day in and day out. We interpret the world around us through stories. We recently went and visited a friend. And while we were there, he was telling us that he was all alone, that he felt lonely. He was telling us that there wasn't anyone left. His friends were older and had passed away. He didn't have anyone to visit him for the holidays. He was going to be all alone except for his sister. She was going to come by and bring food and maybe his son was going to come by too. This story is a sad tale to tell. But what's fact and what's fiction? Was he alone? No, we were there. Our whole family was there with him, wanting to be there, wanting to be with him, wanting to talk with him. Was he going to be alone for Christmas? No. He said that his sister was coming and maybe his son even. But these stories that we tell ourselves, they're convincing. Because he didn't have plans to get together with lots of people, his mind went to no one. He spun this story that he was alone and even though the facts told differently, our stories can cloud over those and convince us that our thoughts, the directive that we give it, is what's indeed true. And we have to be careful because those thoughts that we allow ourselves to believe create we feel and notice how it feels when we believe the thought, I'm all alone, feels. That's a very lonely feeling. How different would it be to focus on the people that are with you right now or the people that are coming or your sister that's coming and making food and bringing food and maybe your son's coming? How differently would it be to think the thought, I'm so glad my sister's coming tomorrow. We're going to spend the day together versus I'm all alone. I know we've all been there at certain points of our lives where we all feel lonely and different and separate and I just want to throw this out there especially when it comes to family that we we don't feel that connection and connection is a feeling which means it comes from our thoughts and so you have to be careful with the thoughts that you're allowing yourself to spin. How does that thought feel in your body? Because you get to decide how you want to interpret everything, you're going to want to interpret it in a way that benefits you, that works for you, that creates the feelings that you want. Even if I had only one person visit me for Christmas, I could create that feeling of connectedness. Our stories are convincing. You need to separate out what's fact and what's fiction. Separate what's factual and what's just a story. And if it's just a story, how does that story feel to you? I'm not telling you not to tell stories. It's how we live. It's how we create the whole picture from fragments that we're given. We can't possibly know everyone's thoughts and motives. So we fill in the blanks and we're supposed to. Just make sure it's a story that's serving you. A story that will create useful feelings that motivate you to do good, to show up as your best self. When you're driving... And someone cuts you off or speeds past you. Separate what's fact and fiction. Fact. A car passed me. Fiction is how you interpret it. That jerk. Did you see what he just did? How does that story feel in your body? How does that story make you feel? Angry? Annoyed? And then what do those feelings make you do? Be more aggressive in your driving? Or you can decide fact. A car passed me. Fiction. Man, they must really need to go somewhere. I hope they're okay. How does that story make you feel? Compassionate? What do you do when you feel compassionate? Move over, let them go? Maybe you drive more cautiously? I really want to invite you to really think about this and ponder this and be careful of the stories that you tell yourself. Separate out fact from fiction and then question your story. Is this story going to serve me? Is this story going to help me to show up how I want to show up? When you reflect back on your holiday, your get-togethers, your conversations, what kind of story are you telling yourself? Separate fact from fiction. What's true? What's a circumstance? And notice the rest will all be part of the story. How does that story feel to you? What actions does thinking and believing that story create for you? Sometimes we create a story because we think it'll protect ourselves, not from imminent danger, but potential perceived emotional turmoil. We'd rather think negative thoughts about someone because we think it feels better to push them away, even in our minds, than to be vulnerable, forgiving, and open. Because we have this story in our minds that we tell ourselves because what if we're open and vulnerable and they don't love us back? Well, then we'd make that mean something about us and it might hurt a lot but what's interesting to notice is that in this particular instance you're hurting either way you're creating pain and suffering for yourself either way they aren't feeling it only you are so why not take a moment and clean up that thinking separate out the facts and then add the rest of your story why not choose to interpret that story in a way that serves you best our stories our thoughts create how we feel what we do and ultimately what results we get in our life Take a few moments, regularly, throughout your day to check in with yourself and separate out fact from fiction. What are the circumstances, what are the fact, and here's a hint for you. The facts will always be few. It's our story or thoughts about the facts that will be this long and elaborate and full of details portion. Whenever I go to separate out fact and fiction with myself or with my clients, the fact side is always super short, just maybe two or three facts. But the fictional side is long with many, 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 many thoughts and interpretations. So it's really important to separate those out You can do this wherever you're at. It's best to write it out so that you can actually see what's spinning in your mind. And sometimes when we don't write it out, the thought just kind of loops back. And if we're not writing it out, we don't realize that we already told ourselves what that is. So seeing it on paper is more useful. But you can absolutely do this even when you're in the checkout line or, or at church or at a family dinner or wherever you're at. You can do this just by asking yourself to separate out what's fact and what's fiction, what's real and what's just the story, the fill-ins, and then ask yourself how those fill-in details feel to you. Does believing that story you're telling yourself feel useful? Is it helping you to show up how you want to? Does believing that that person doesn't care helping you to feel connected and love? Or can you choose other details and fill-ins that will create that for you? Remember, connection doesn't happen when two people cooperate and work together and both think kind thoughts about each other and serve one another. That's what we all think. But that story doesn't serve anyone because what happens when they don't do those things? The problem with that is that we're relying on the other party to do something for us to feel something. And we know by now that circumstances don't dictate how we feel. Connection is a feeling, which means that They don't have to say or do anything for you to feel how you want to feel. You create that. You create the feeling of connection by the thoughts you think. If you want to feel connection, then you have to think thoughts that create that for you. Separate out the facts. For example, we had family that didn't come for Christmas. I didn't see them, I didn't hear from them, I didn't get a text from them. In years past, I would have made that mean all kinds of hurtful things that would have just left me feeling awful and sad. Those thoughts, those kinds of stories never helped me, they never served me, or had me showing up how I wanted to. When I believed those thoughts, I felt sad and rejected, and it felt terrible, and my actions were to withdraw and not call them, not reach out to them, which didn't give me any of the results I wanted either. I wanted to have a better relationship with them, I wanted to feel better, I wanted to feel connected to them, but how? I had to learn to separate out fact from fiction in the very beginning. The facts were short. They weren't there. I didn't know why they weren't there. So I would fill things in. When we asked, they would say things like, well, they'd just rather be home. So that's it. Those are the two facts. Those two things. They weren't there and they said they'd rather be home. Just those two things are the circumstances. And circumstances, my friends, are neutral. They don't mean anything yet. It's all my fill-ins, my story, my interpretations, my thoughts that create those feelings for me. Not for them, but for me. I could make it mean hurtful things about me. I could fill it in by making it hurtful things about them which would still feel terrible in my body and not theirs because my thoughts only hurt me or i could just decide that i love them i love them when i get the opportunity to see them to visit with them and i love them when we're not together i love that we have modern technology that i can text them i can love so many things about them and because i love them i totally want them to be where they want to be on christmas and any other day for that matter I don't want them to be somewhere they don't want to be or can't be. And I don't need to know all the reasons why. All of their reasons why have nothing to do with me. It's none of my business. It has everything to do with them. My only job is to choose what kind of story I want to believe about them. What story will help me to show up how I want to be? What kind of story, what fill-ins will help me feel how I want to feel? And that's really the first question. If you go back and listen to last week's episode on the gift you give yourself, I invite you to ask yourself these two questions to find out what it is that you want. So the first question is, what do I want? And really go into detail here, even if it's apparent and obvious, you know, I want them here. And then the second question is, how will I feel when I have those things because the second question really does give you what you really want and the direction to move towards to figuring out how to give that to yourself. So in this particular case, I, obvious, I want them here or I think I want them here and how will I feel when they're here? Well, I'm going to feel loved and connected and that's the direction that I want to go in. That's the way that I need to spin my story, my thoughts, so that I can feel that ahead of time, so I can feel that now, so that I can show up how I want to show up. My only job is to choose what kind of story I want to believe about them. What kind of thoughts are going to create the feelings that I want, because when I feel how I want to feel, which is love and connected, I show up very differently than I do when I feel rejected or hurt or offended. If I say I want to be a kind and loving person, then I need to choose my story accordingly. I can't think hurtful thoughts and hope to feel loving. It doesn't work that way. I have to think loving thoughts, then I create the feeling of love by that story I'm telling myself. We can feel connected to people we've never met by the way we choose to think about them. You can create connection with family and friends, even if they're not showing up the way that you would want them to or the way you would. By choosing to think kind and compassionate and loving thoughts about them. You create your world by the story you tell yourself. You can choose to see the world as a cold, dark, dreary, and hurtful place. Or you can choose to fill in the blanks with generous, kind, and compassionate thoughts. You really do create the world you live in. You create how you feel. You create your results. You create the experiences that you have. The way that you experience those things. Practice this essential tool. Practice separating out what's fact and what's fiction. It's important to notice what's what and clear that up because what's fictional is optional. If you don't like how that feels, you don't have to keep spinning that story. You can change it. You can create a different story, one that feels best and what's most useful for you, one that helps you show up how you want to show up. I want to leave you with this last quote from Byron Katie. She says, The world is nothing but my perception of it. I see only through myself. I hear only through the filter of my story. So make sure that your story, your perception, your filter is working in a way that serves you, that helps you feel how you want to feel and to take action in the way that you want to be taking action. Okay, my friends, I really hope that you have a fantastically beautiful week. We've got New Year's coming soon. I'm so excited for 2019. My December has been amazing, and I just can't wait to see what 2019 brings. So if you're having trouble with your story separating out what's fact and what's fiction and you can't quite figure out how to feel how you want to feel, set up that mini. It's amazing what we can accomplish in just a short amount of time. So take advantage of that. Go to my website and set up that free mini session. And as always, I really appreciate those of you that have left a review on iTunes. It really makes a difference on how people can find me and how iTunes shows my podcast. So help spread the word. And if you haven't left a review yet, I would so love it. I would be so grateful for you for doing that. And all right, I will talk to you next week. Thanks, my friends. Thanks for listening to Love at Home, the podcast. Check out the show notes for this episode at www.thecatalystcoaching.com. If you loved the show, make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Until next time. Oh, oh,